Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another installment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and weirdgeeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Riders on the storm Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Geeks! Geeks! Geeks. Hello and welcome back to the Wee Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me on a new journey, on a road trip, we should say, is Christina Masterson. Hi, guys. And returning for the first time, Heaven Devera. Is it just Devera? It could be whatever, however many R's you want, whatever the vibe is, just catch it. Yeah. Can you just call it, is it like Devera? Devera. Devera. Heaven Devera. Hi, guys. For those of you who are avid listeners, congratulations, and you should really do more with your life. But Heaven, (laughs) of course, from the Blair Witch series, where she dropped some fucking bombshells on us, which I hope we get more of that. And Christina, you know, just keeps coming back sporadically for more for some weird reason. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) It's been a while though, so I must have forgotten why. Yeah, our podcast is like childbirth. It's like, it just seems like a terrible (laughs) idea when you're in it, but then you forget all about it. You're like, oh, it seems great. Let's do that again. I don't even remember what was the last show that you did with us. Was it Star Wars? Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, that's just, but that's ongoing. Yeah, and then uh, the Night of the Living Dead or the Living Dead or something like that. Fuck, that was years, that was literally years ago. Really? (laughs) Like, yeah, because we were like, okay, we've got to do the remakes and we try to schedule it that year. And then every time we look at the series and the year it, like that we're coming up to, I plan in and I'm always like, we've got to throw those remakes in at some point. And, but then other stuff gets in the way and it never happens. And that's now like yeah, been years. I think that's all I've done, right? Star Wars and The Living Dead. And The Living Dead? Is that really all you've done? Wow. Okay. Well, then we're grateful to have you, Christina. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and in all honesty, I think... <laughs> I think you two are the right people to have for this because we're going to be talking about road trips and desert trips and the three of us have experience with those things. So I know I did Blair Witch. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I did Blair Witch. No, you didn't. I was happy to Blair Witch. I did Scream. I did Blair Witch. Oh, yeah, of course. You did Scream and Urban Legend. And Urban Legend. Very similar movies. (laughs) Heaven's like, wait a second. I almost just like Christina say that too. It's like, oh, she probably did do Blair Witch. And I was like, no, that was, that was me. <laughs> like all those memories you have were not true, Heaven. Ooh, what's <laughs> it called? That was a total mission recall moment, I think. <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah, of course. You did the, uh, oh, you did Scream. And you did, I know what you did summer. You did the, the last ones you did, well, I know what Urban Legend you did last summer. Where we that's went through all right, of those I classics. did. And that's the other series that we're meant to come back to are like tidying up the 90s slashes, but we've never come back to that either. Anyway, here we are doing a series that I'm affectionately calling the Road Pursuit Slashes. So we are doing franchises because we wanted to get back to franchises, but they were pretty short ones. So we're throwing things in. So let me explain what's happening in just a moment. If you're new to us, hello, welcome. If this fucking opening hot mess hasn't put you off already, then honestly, do other things with your life. But we are weird geeks on podcasts and on internet and on the stuff with the things the social medias you can find us you can rate us you can subscribe to us 
makes a whole bunch of difference to us because we do all this for free. We don't do patrons, we don't do banner ads, and we don't try and sell you any. What could we try and sell them? Fishing poles. Is that what you were saying? Fishing poles. I mean anything. <laughs> I just forgot you both. You both haven't been on the show since we added that. <laughs> this is, this we're not is, we here just to sell this. you happiness. Let's just go home. <laughs> Although we are all home. Now, also, we don't like to talk. No, seriously, do subscribe and rate us. It helps us out. We don't like to talk about things that are happening right now because that's not how people listen to these podcasts. However, we do have to mention right now, we're all in the COVID-19. We're all in our houses and sort of self-isolation at this point. Tomorrow could be quarantine. We're not sure. We're all in LA, all three of us. And none of us have seen a human physical face in... <laughs> in two weeks yeah, it's been other a than while. whoever's locked in the house with us although we did i saw heaven today and we had to stand the ginger nine feet away from each other as i passed her audio gear mm-hmm. <laughs> and your face looked shocked you were like this is weird on the west side uh, yeah i felt like i i said this style earlier but i felt very much a little bit like kind of a a subway rat peeking out at the blue sky for the first time <laughs> it was great to see the ocean today yeah, I do feel lucky. I get to see the ocean every day, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, that is nice. Because we live in a very quiet bit where we can just walk down there. But yeah, so those of you who are listening who are in this, we hope some of you are going to be riding through this with us week by week for however long it takes as we go through this series. And we're not going to take, you know, get too serious. We're just going to watch some fun and well, hopefully fun, we'll see, <laughs> movies and talk about them. And we don't normally even do this, but I'm going to encourage you to watch them along with us. So this week, we're going to be doing Spielberg's Duel. Next week, we're doing The Hitcher. Because originally we're like, I want to do The Hitcher. I've been trying to do that for ages. So we're watching Hitcher and then The Hitcher 2. And of course, The Hitcher remake. But after The Hitcher 2, we're going to be doing Highwaymen, which is from the director of the original Hitcher. And I'm going to make an argument for it being a valid part of that franchise. And then we're going to move into the Joyride movies, which is a trilogy as well. And of course, we had to put Duel at the beginning because you can't talk about any of these fucking movies without talking about Duel, which is the grandfather of all of them. And I'm excited because it's always nice. We, we'd never talked about Spielberg before, obviously, on the show. Because how many horror franchises has he been involved with other than Jaws? So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to get to talk about an important director and a classic film that influenced a lot. Whether we like it or not, we'll see. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. And, again, I'm excited to have you guys because I do feel you, you have experiences on the road that many of our crew wouldn't have had if they had been on this show. So... Like I, so I drive across America about four times a year, normally three or four times a year. Uh, from That's a lot. East that coast lot. to west yeah. coast. <laughs> Arguably too much. I'm getting tired of it now. It's been seven years pretty much doing that. And, and for me, it's like, yeah, all changes once you hit the Colorado mountains and you get to those deserts and the canyons. Like that's where it blows me away. There's plenty on the east that I enjoy, but it's very similar to Europe, you know. But once you get to those canyons and deserts, it's like we have nothing like that. And I love it. I love it so much. I love that open space. I love those highways. I will admit, I have times, because I do a lot of the driving, most of the time I'm on my own. And there are points where I'm like, yeah, I see a truck. (laughs) And some of these films come back in my mind and you have kind of like paranoia about it. But I've had had zero bad experiences, I want to say up front, with trucks. Knock on (laughs) wood. You're making me nervous. Um, I I had no like fear of semi-trucks before you just said that right now and after... I have had two bad experiences with trucks. You have? Yeah. Are you going to tell them? <laughs> Do you want to know them? <laughs> yeah. Like, <no. laughs> yes, oh. we want to know them. 
Okay. When I was in high school, my mom was driving me home from school, and I was in the back seat of the van, and we passed by a truck, and I looked into the window, and it was one of those, I don't know, it was like a big window. I could see everything. Everything. <laughs> that well, was the first time I ever saw a you-know-what. A, a penis? penis? That was the first time you saw a penis? Yeah, isn't that But wait, what, what was he doing? You In know what truck? he was doing. Can you explain for the class? There was a- <laughs> no, man. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, wait. So this was a parked, yeah. a parked one? No. Driving. On the freeway? On, no. Hang on. He was on driving with his penis out? Yes. Well, he, he was, was masturbating yes, while driving. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly. A Thank you, Al. Meat truck driver, because he. Was I guess. <laughs> I guess. I didn't notice heaven. <laughs> how did you? See, how could you I see? Was, how big was he? How that you could see? I you, know. Surely your car was lower than his. Sometimes I think, was this? Did I make this up? Was this a dream, or did this really happen? I don't know. And then I'm the not, second time. I mean, I could time, completely believe it happens, but it's just you being able to see it from the angles. Surprising. Well, I was in a minivan, and maybe because the window of his truck was really big, (laughs) I don't. Maybe because he was he had it hanging out the window to air out. (laughs) And then the second time I was driving to go get my um, wisdom teeth removed, and I was getting on the freeway, and then a car sideswiped me, and then I crashed into a big rig. No. What? <laughs> I was fine. He was fine. You crashed into the big rig. So it wasn't a yes. big rig that came at you. It was just a regular car. Well, my car, after I got sideswiped, I hit the curb or something. And then my car turned like this. Sure. And then I went, I went straight and in, head into the big rig. Okay. But it wasn't a big rig attacking you. No, it, was. it wasn't a big rig attacking me. But I did get attacked after because Ooh, at reverse. this point, I didn't know you're not supposed to exchange information with the people that you get in the car accident with. You're only supposed to give that to the police officer. The big rig guy got my information and then called me like a couple of days later and asked me out. Oh he was old. Way. I was young. Did it was yes? inappropriate. I was like 20 or 19. Uh, and how old was he? I don't know. Old. 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 <laughs> Brackets old, not yeah. 20. He was in a mariachi um, band, he told me. <laughs> he was in a mariachi <laughs> oh. band? You fucking, you go out with someone who is in a mariachi no, band. No, you do not. That's a good time I right mean, there. I don't have anything against mariachi bands, but he was old. <laughs> okay. And also, he had his penis out. Like, okay. not that one, but yeah, basically. <laughs> wow. All right. So you've had two weird, sexually inappropriate experiences yeah. with trucks. Yeah. Pretty horrible. I have not. Heaven is not. I actually used to work at a, my first bartending and only bartending job was working at a trucker bar. Shout out to the Country Girl Saloon. Give it a stop by if you're feeling kind of. The Country Girl Saloon. <laughs> Was this if you're driving up the five through castaic lake <laughs> i mean that's that's almost literally what the film we're talking today is doing but yeah actually f- i'll talk about it, i guess when we get into it but like yeah all the truckers would like come through that we had truck parking in the back and they would regal me with like stories of their trucker adventures and these truckers were a little bit inappropriate 
not gonna right? lie. Well, what am I? They're very, yeah. What happened? What is this breed of people? I'm not saying. I'm sure there's some really nice what trickers out there. What is this breed there. of people? I don't <laughs> I'm know. I'm sure there's but... some really nice trickers out there that are just trying to make a living to support their family. They just like the open road. But there are some. I don't know. I mean, you've met more than I have. I've only met two. I've met a lot. They're very kind. Like they're they're kind of gruff. They're like, "Hey, sweetheart, you know, want to do whiskey shot?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. But like they're just like they just t- they like being in the open road. Sometimes they show me pictures of like the mountains they like drive through. Well, that's um, nice. Yeah. That's nice. It was actually sweet. Like I learned a lot about a lot of their like family situations, which were actually like really tragic sometimes. And I was like, oh my god, no wonder you're here at yeah. like eleven in the morning. Um, it's, a, it's a tough, boring job. It really is. Yeah, they're interesting. But shout out to Country Girl Saloon, nonetheless. Thanks for hiring me off of Craigslist. I'm fucking. I'm. I'm going there next time for sure. <laughs> I'm driving up the five. Can we all after um, this podcast is over? Can we all go there if we're allowed like to right see now? each other? We're in quarantine. Yeah, they play NASCAR on the sport TVs. Like that is what. That's how like Country Girl Saloon it is. Like there's NASCAR playing. NASCAR. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go. <laughs> That's all it took. Okay, well, cool. Again, I think we've just proven we have we have the the worth to talk about this, and we know most of these roads they're going to be shooting on. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. all three of us very intimately, time on. very intimately, actually. Yes, <laughs> the same. Right. So yeah, Jewel, 1971. It gets a 7.6 out of 10 on the old IMDb's. Before we get into all of the other minutia, we do like to take a look at the year that was 1971, earlier than most of the films we've covered. Who has the worldwide box office? I do. Excited. You don't sound quite it. Okay. Shannon's been doing this for like the last 11 weeks. And every time you ask who's got it, she's like, I do. I do. It's me. It's Shannon. And that's just <laughs> honestly a relief to not hear her do that ever again. So thank you. I love you, Shannon. Do, I do. <laughs> so number 10, we have bed knobs and broomsticks. Yep. That's right, folks. Bed knobs. I, I watched this a lot as a kid. What you did? What is it? Yeah, it's it's one. Of, it was in the era of like live action and animated. I thought it was. Is it not Disney? I it, it was is. Disney. Yeah, Bed it's knobs Disney. And it's a musical. Disney musical. Yeah, it's live action and animated, like together. Okay, well that's number ten. It was in that kind of chitty chitty bang bang era, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And number nine, <laughs> we have the last picture show. It's been a long time since I saw it. I know people love it. It's been a long time since I saw it. Okay, so I won't. I won't ca- I've never seen it, but it has Jeff Bridges and Sybil Shepherd. Number eight, a Clockwork Orange. Mm. Mm. I'm just rewatching a bunch of Kubrick at the moment. Actually, while under quarantine, we decided it's one of those filmmakers that I've seen, but I haven't like you know seen mm-hmm. in a long time. So it's like nice. let's go back, mm-hmm. check his stuff out. We haven't got to this nice. one. Nice. Number seven, we have Dirty Harry classic doesn't do it for me I'm, I'm not a clint eastwood fan as an actor i like him more as a director or i used to now i hate him as a director as well because he's just an agenda agenda-based republican with all what of his films, he's republican clint eastwood oh hell yeah <sighs> like very heavily very Yo. heavily let's move on dirty harry <laughs> to number six <laughs> carnal knowledge <gasps> that's a sexy movie i think <laughs> <laughs> You're using your powers of deduction. I don't think I've ever, Jack I've Nicholson, Candace Bergen. 
Art Garfunkel. <laughs> Art Garfunkel is in a film called Carnal Desires. Carnal Knowledge. Oh, Carnal Knowledge. Well, that's like a sequel. <laughs> oh, sexual development of two men who meet and befriend one another in college. Mm. Oh, my God. Okay, number five. We have <laughs> Summer of 42. I don't know what that one is. It's not on my other list. Do you no, know what I don't that know is? that one either. Okay, know. then we will. It's a drop. Oh, so no. Fuck I don't it. know. It's dead to us. Move on, Christina. <laughs> yeah. Number four. The French Connection. Yeah, it's another classic. Again, yeah. I haven't seen this in 20 years, so I can't remember. I don't know it. I don't know it. It's heavens a drama. Is 1971 is not a year that Heaven's familiar with. <laughs> it could be. You don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it's okay. Me too. Don't worry about it. Number three, we have Diamonds Are Forever. Oh. Do you know what that is? Sean Connery. It's a Bond film. Come on. Oh, I don't. Oh, I just thought about really Breakfast weird. at Tiffany's. Oh, yeah. James Bond in Vegas. There's been a oh. Bond film like every time we do this, and Shannon never knew the names of any of them. And I am not a Bond fan at all. Like, I grew up as the weirdo in my sort of circle of like, I don't like Bond. But you know the names of the movies because they're just everywhere. It's like you can't escape the names. But apparently not. Well, I didn't me. know it either. I didn't. Yeah. Right. We're in the dark Fine. on this one. Or we're in the light. Oh. Move on. That is true. Glass half full. <laughs> Number two, Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, that's a classic. She know knows this. it. Heaven's pointing. <laughs> don't know what that means, but she's pointing with and a smile. guys, can you guess or can you guess? Number one. Any guesses? <laughs> no guesses. No. no. No clue? No idea. Okay, here it is. Billy Jack. It's wow. a Western. I, I genuinely have never heard of that before in my entire life. We the got Tom Laughlin. Tom Laughlin. I don't know. Wow. He directed and stars in it. Hmm. Okay. Well, fair enough. There you go. That is the number at the, the top. The films, wait, wait, the, wait. The, the, Do you want to know what it what it is about? Not really. <laughs> Do we? Are you sure? It's an X green beret hat kiddo expert saves wild horses from being slaughtered for dog food and helps protect a desert freedom school for runaway beautiful I what? That. <laughs> who wrote that sentence <laughs> That's I don't insane. Know. what is a hap keto why are they using horse meat for dog food <laughs> i don't know <laughs> surely there are cheaper alternatives it's the wild west anything goes weird well, thank you, Christina. That was illuminating. You're uh, Heaven, you've got some of the spookies that came out in 1971. Let's see what Jewel was up against. Yes, I do. So starting at number 10, there's Willard. Um, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> this is a classic <laughs> movie about rats. Oh, okay. Ooh, number nine, I could deduct what this is about. Vampiros Lesbos. <laughs> Yeah, you might know what this is about. It's about them vampires and how they like to get kissy kissy. <laughs> Number eight. These ones, just you know, these ones aren't in order, by the way. These ones are just like random movies that came out that year. Oh, I was, okay. But I'm enjoying the numbers, so keep doing it if you want. It's fine. Eight numer numerically on this list is Straw Dogs. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. It's a classic movie. Dustin Hoffman. It's a, it's a type of rape revenge film. It's a very classic movie i think it's sam peckinpah 
Oh, those classic rape revenge films. <laughs> so classic. <laughs> rape revenge movies. No, no, but that, this was the era of that. 70s was the era of rape revenge movies. Uh, but this was one of the like, yeah, sincerely. Was there a know, lot of rapes in the 60s? <laughs> I there mean, this was the whole been. thing. It was about getting retribution, but unfortunately in the film, there's a whole different conversation. We don't need to get into it. But it's like all of the I spit on your braves, the last house on the left. Like Oof. it's this era of, yeah, like normally the woman getting the retribution, but also there's too much titillation arguably with the rape. And it's like a very tricky era. And there are many great people who have written great pieces and still are about this whole thing. Straw Dogs mm. though is a little different and it is definitely artfully done. Sam Peckinpah is a great director and Dustin Hoffman is obviously a great actor. Mm. Yeah, it's been a long time mm. since I saw it. Number seven, Slaughter Hotel. Yeah, this is none of those things. This is not good. <laughs> okay. Uh, six, let's scare Jessica to death. <laughs> yeah, some people really love this. I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. That's a good yeah. name. Why are they trying to scare yeah. Jessica to death? She, she yeah. knows why. <laughs> she knows why. <laughs> Number five, the house that dripped blood. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of gothic films here. I don't love any of these, to be honest. Let's see. Ooh, number four, Dracula versus Frankenstein. The poster for this film is is just ridiculous. Like, it's just like three women with ripped blouses on different racks, essentially, with Dracula and Frankenstein standing over them. It's really weird. I'd, hmm. I'd like that poster, maybe. It sounds nice. <laughs> sounds nice. Sounds comforting. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. What? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, blood and Lace. Mm. Okay. So yeah, this is the beginning of the Giallo movies, I think. Is that one Bava? No, I don't think that one is Bava. I can't remember. Oh, mm. is Blood and, and Lace then... actually Argento? But anyway, sorry. These are, yeah, Giallo movies, which we've covered quite a lot on this podcast, so you can go back. Cool. Number one is A Bay of Blood. I mean, they're not in any order, but A Bay of Blood's <laughs> at the top of the list. I mean... In all honesty, that probably is the number one film here. Bay of Blood is another classic. So the Giallo films were like the establishment in it from Italy. They came from these crime detective novels. Giallo means yellow, and there was yellow jackets on the covers of these books. And they grew mm. into really the slasher boom in the, in the 80s, and America came from Giallo. So this was the beginning of them and what slasher films would become. All right, so like, I mean, that list is a lot of like, we're still caught in Gothic era. Like, there's lots of, like, classic literature stuff. We've got Dracula and Frankenstein. We've got Jekyll. We've got mm-hmm. a little bit of the rape revenge stuff happening. And, yeah, we've got a lot of gothic, like, spookies going on on haunted houses. And into that comes Jewel, directed by Steven Spielberg. His first movie, although it is a TV movie first before it became a theatrical, written mm-hmm. by Richard Matheson. So the writer for this movie is based on his book, sort of. I mean, his, it's not really a book. But this guy's... A great writer that most people know. He wrote episodes for The Twilight Zone. He wrote The Outer Limits. He wrote some films that have been hit or miss. Uh, He wrote Jaws 3D. Definitely a miss. Uh, He wrote What Dreams May Come. Do you remember that weird, very surreal (gasps) movie? He wrote Stir of Echoes. He's really known for writing I Am Legend. He wrote the original novel for I Am Legend. And I can tell you that is a fantastic novel. Like genuinely, Mm. brilliantly written. Very different from the films. And yeah, he wrote... Well, we'll get to it in a second. Uh, but he wrote a novella, a piece, which is Jewel. DP'd by Jack A. Mata. He did some classic Batman. He died in 1991. We've got music by Billy Goldenberg. He did some Columbo. And starring, normally this is a long list, but starring Dennis Weaver. as McLeod. He was in McLeod and Touch of Evil. And also starring a truck. 
And that's it. Like, really. Yeah, that's it. Budgeted at um, roundabout. No, actually, it's also starring Lucille Benson. Where was what? where was that? Lady at Snake Arama. How can you forget <laughs> oh. her? We'll talk about her later, guys. We'll talk about her later. Go on now. Are we really? Oh wow, I'm excited. Budgeted at around about four hundred fifty thousand dollars, which at the <gasps> time for a TV Dang. movie, I mean, it sounds cheap, and it is cheap, but with inflation, that's probably about one point five million or something like that. Which for a TV wow. movie was, you know, decent. So here's what happened. The day JFK died, Richard Matheson was grief-stricken like most people were in America. He got into his car, he was driving through Palmdale, and a trucker tried to run him off the road. And he only had like a singular sort of experience with it, but it shook him up so much that he wrote this piece. Originally, it was a 10-page piece. He pitched it as a one-off TV series episode, but everyone was like, there's not enough there for a TV episode. (laughs) They're like, you need more. So in 1971, he published it as a 10-page piece in Playboy. And by November, it was then uh, optioned off and, yeah, was going to become a TV movie. And, yeah, he then had to expand it. So he expanded it. It's now about a 23-page novel. I have read it, so I can talk a little bit about the differences that happened from the film version. And he drove back through Palmdale and back to his places to write notes for the novella so he could really, like, get down locations and, you know, the, the feel and flavor of that area. Meanwhile, Spielberg, he was a college dropout and he had made a short called Amblin, which most of you will know because that's uh, not the short, but the name, because that's what his company became. You'll have seen Amblin before every single Spielberg film, I think. And then he got into TV. So he was, he was young. He was only 24 years old. He was already directing TV episodes, but he hadn't done anything, you know, exciting. Like he was just doing bog standard, dull TV and just doing, you know, you don't get to express yourself. So he was really excited when his name came up to do this tv movie and he wanted to approach the film as if it was his godzilla movie basically that's how he wanted to do it and treat the truck as the monster and he had to fight a lot for a lot of things here i mean like they they wanted to fucking shoot this all on the soundstage now can you no. imagine what? the difference in this movie yeah that would have been horrible yeah that would have been just sad <laughs> so yeah, he fought, he fought and fought and fought and he managed, and honestly, like, I'm going to say this right now, like we don't like to give away our full feelings to the end, but like right now, the locations for this make this movie, like mm-hmm. the fact that you know you're Absolutely. there in the real locations. Well, because there won't be, wouldn't be anything else. It would be terrible, <laughs> but, I, but I can totally imagine that, yeah, they, I mean, other directors would have lost that battle. And would Spielberg have had the career he had if he hadn't won that battle and got to prove what he could do here and then go on to make Jaws directly afterwards. Who knows? Mm. They also wanted a lot of VO in this. They were like, oh, we're really worried that you're dealing with one character. There's not going to be much speaking. We need to be inside his head. Let's put VO all the way through it. We will notice there's little pockets of VO. Spielberg didn't want any. He wanted to make a silent movie. He didn't want any VO (laughs) at all. So they came to a sort of balance between the two. They're like, okay, we'll do a little bit of VO here and there, but not throughout. And they also wanted to put someone else in the car. They're like, you got to give him someone else to talk to. We can't have this person on their own. Like, it's going to be too dull. And Spielberg won that one as well. He wanted to, yeah, just make an on-location silent movie dealing with this one person and their journey, which is, yeah, very much what the novella is. So, yeah. So, basically, they made this TV movie, then managed to get extended. They shot for 12 days, and then they shot for three additional days later on to add some scenes to it 
which they then got to launch it in Europe as a feature film. So it got to come out in cinemas in Europe as a proper film, as Spielberg's first movie, whereas in America it was only shown as a TV movie. And they didn't get their lead, Weaver, until literally the night before shooting. Wow. That's when they got him signed on. Oh my gosh. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the movie and we'll talk through some of those other bits. So we start off in darkness. We've got the sound of a car starting and this POV as it reverses out of a garage. Not shutting the garage door, by the way. Which really You didn't need me. to back then. Mm-mm. No, I guess not. But like, when's he going to come back? I presume his wife is going to shut by the door. By seven. He's supposed to be there before seven. Before He's meant to be back by six. There's going to be a big problem we have, which is not the same as in the book, but we'll get there. <laughs> this is a big fucking problem with this movie. But yeah, so we get this POV from the car's perspective shot as he like drives through LA and then gradually like leaves the city and heads out towards the deserts. I liked that. I liked the like pulling out of the garage and then what were they like on the car while they were filming that? It looked cool. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I really like this too. Like I like that there's no music as well. Mm-hmm. Like normally in this kind of thing, you can imagine mm. you'd get like some big music happening. It's like, no, no, we're just going to put you in his world. It was sick too to like recognize the locations of like how he's driving Mm -hmm. out of LA and like where he was driving from. It really, um, you know, like the Highland Park, like the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very authentic. And if you do read the book and if you do live in LA, it is kind of interesting to see a movie made of a book where they got to shoot where the book was based. Like that's Mm -hmm. so rare, I think. And it's kind of cool. And it was cool to see all the cars from back then. And I don't know. it It was nice. It was nice. I really like the opening. Yeah, I think so too. This was an added thing. This wasn't originally there. This was something added for the oh. European release. Um, and I, I really nice. like it. I think it does give you a great atmosphere and, and brings yeah. you into this story in a natural way, but without seeing him. Mm-hmm. And then we just, yeah, start cutting to some normal shots after Richard Matheson's credit, which I think is on purpose. After the writer's credit, we start seeing regular cinematic shots. Just classic shots of very red car, like gloriously red. They had three of these and three of the truck to play with. And Three yeah, of we that int- truck? That's a lot of that truck. That truck wow. is huge. Yeah. I believe so. Truck. I, I read some misinformation on that because I know they had three of the red car and I read them saying they had three of the trucks. But, um, mm. but I mean, you'd, you'd need to have at least two because something got yeah. I mean. And we introduced the lead character through the rear view mirror, which I think is interesting as well. Like, I like they don't that just shot. cut to his face. And then we're going to get... Okay, so here's the thing. Straight off the bat, I'm going to tell you. Spielberg has said repeatedly that he wasn't trying to do any allegories with this. He wasn't trying to do any metaphors for like man at the time. This film is packed with allegories that are going on. Like this character is literally called man. And <laughs> like there's literally called, and his first sentence is, is really talking about, uh, sorry, even on the radio that he's listening to, they're talking about, Oh my about, I'm God, not the, the radio. This is a real radio DJ. DJ and he's like, I'm not the head are of the family. Serious? Because I'm like, I'm like, you know, the stay at home, like husband, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yet I am. I'm, but yet I'm meant to be the man. And they're discussing like, how do you, how are you as a man in modern day society when you're not fulfilling like a man's roles, essentially. And that's the it first thing they horrible. have coming over the radio. It, that whole conversation was horrible. <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> it was so bad. And I had the, I had whatever those, the words on. So I really could see what they were saying. I was just mm-hmm. like, this is so bad but it does set this sort of Mm -hmm. this one mean i can't believe that none of this was on purpose because it's like this totally sets the scene of we're going to be discussing what it's like in 1971 still in the middle of the vietnam war like what's Mm -hmm. it like to be this character 
you know, up to be a man in America, where he's clearly mm-hmm. like, this is a man who's not very masculine. You know, this is a mm-hmm. man who's who's a little awkward. He's a little, he's, he's physically quite weak and he doesn't have a lot of confidence about himself. And it's just like, I can't believe that they're not trying to talk about stuff here, but. They must, I mean, everything was picked on purpose. I mean, that that conversation on the radio was picked on purpose. His last name is picked on purpose. It has to be related in some some way, right? I mean, I, mean, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was really taken aback when they finally revealed, like, the man, the main character, because he was very, like, he wasn't what I expected. I expected kind of like a Clint Eastwood type or very, like, uh... Which is which, you know, maybe says something a lot. The fact that I did expect a more masculine figure to be the yeah. lead. So there's no way they did that casting with that conversation. And even like the car, I expected it to be kind of more like a muscle car, like a, a Mustang or something. It was it was a little bit effeminate, which you know says a lot yeah. about us as like the viewer to project these kind of genders on it. So of course, like you know, the conversation must have been had at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I can't find yeah. any account of them saying that. They're always saying the opposite. I mean, obviously, it came from the book as well. Matheson, even when I've seen stuff with him, I don't think it was on his mind. But he does tend to write things baked with, with conversations to do with what's happening in the culture. And So I can believe he accidentally baked it in and maybe Spielberg picked up on it and then accidentally amplified it. But there's so many choices here that, that make it seem like... And I like it about it. Mm-hmm. I like that this seems to be a conversation about 1971 and yeah, what it's like to be a not traditional, you know, what's expected of you as a man, basically. And then you're thrown mm-hmm. in this, into this situation with a truck that obviously stereotypically is like, this is a man's man, you know, <laughs> driving a mm-hmm. huge vehicle who's going to be like much bigger than you, much more aggressive, much more confident, like all these things. Mm-hmm. And he's going to come across that truck straight away, which is going to be introduced by saying flammable on the back. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know, did you both think this was going to end in explosions? <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean it should have at the end it should have yeah i thought so it was i was i was hoping waiting for that that boom but nothing so it does in the book i can't tell you in the book it does end in explosions and that flammable is a payoff spielberg very particularly didn't want it to like he very particularly didn't want it to be like an action film at the end and to do a big hollywood thing he wanted to like pull it back a little bit more and make it a little bit more Mm -hmm. unsettling Um, okay but yeah we'll see if it worked or not uh, it's pumping out smoke. He's. I love that in the 1971, they're like, man, like think of the environment. How can you be? <laughs> it's like, look at how bad we are <laughs> yeah. now compared to 1971. Um, yeah. So this is this is the initiation, right? Because he goes to overtake it. We get this great fucking shot, like which swings from his car alongside the truck round to the grill at the front of the truck, which has all these license plates. I don't know if you picked up on that on the front yeah. of the truck mm-hmm. which yeah they're meant to be all the times he's done this before in different states that's like, what i was thinking i was kills. like oh so is he missing the california one is that why he's trying to get this one he's trying to get his license plate yeah exactly he's killing all these all these people wow yeah and we got some like it's a he overtakes and and then we get this great punctuation and use of sound which to me immediately tells me this is a director who knows what they're doing um, which obviously spielberg's gonna go on to do fairly well uh, as the truck then overtakes him and then he overtakes the truck again. And that's it, right? Like, that's all it takes is for him to have the audacity to, like, re-overtake this truck. And then it's just decided from that point on. This truck is going to fucking hound him and play with him and toy with him just because he overtook him twice. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's yeah, in California that's it. driving if I've ever seen it. 
Yeah, well, we're going to like, because when we get to some of these other films, particularly when we get to Joyride, there's going to be bigger incentives. You know, there's going to be real reasons of why you're like, oh, okay, this is what they did. That was stupid. You know, like, because that's such a, the horror trope is like, you do something stupid and then you're going to pay for it, but in an mm-hmm. exaggerated fashion. I mean, I would have overtaken again, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. He doesn't oh, do yeah. anything that I think is bad. No, but it but it's more like the truck is just waiting for his next victim. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So you so you the truck like so you don't think you don't think that the action of this necessarily makes the truck decide to do it. You think the truck's basically just like looking for someone. Like he's yes. already decided essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, you crossed me once, you crossed me twice. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. it's that. I'm tiny. Um, we get a tiny. This is the only time we get a tiny glimpse of the guy in the truck as well. Like it's really blurry. He like tries to look at him as he's overtaking him that second time, but you, all we can tell it's a, it's a, it's a fairly large white guy. That's it. Basically. Yeah. Oh, I didn't really see him. Yeah. Yeah, and then the trunk honks its horn, which is going to do a lot throughout this film. Oh, Still God, that honking. <laughs> so much honking. Still no music. And then he pulls off to get some fucking gas. Like, I will say, like, if I overtook twice, I would check my gas first. If I need gas, I'd be like, I don't need to overtake again. I'll just pull off and get gas and, like, it can go on its way. I'm not going to overtake twice and then pull off to get gas immediately. Yeah. Stupid. (laughs) Yeah, and the truck pulls in next to him, which at this point, I think he's still thinking, like, well, you know, it could just need gas as well. But I was just thinking, God, how embarrassing. I would be embarrassed. Like, oh, God, I just overtook this and now they're here. I did that today, oh, Loki, when I was driving back. Like, <laughs> it was totally in my fault, but I turned to guys like, what the fuck are you doing? You can't drive. And I was like, fuck, I can't drive. And it's my bad. <laughs> and he was like gesturing at me, so I just don't know what to do. So I kind of like smiled. Just like, but I think it just made me look like a little bit psychotic to just like be smiling <laughs> at this man. Like, You do have a psychotic smile. It's true. Thank you. Well, was he just was he just a car driver? He wasn't a truck driver. Yeah, he was just a car driver, but he was irritated for sure. He he could do what happened in Duel to me if he could, probably. <laughs> He's probably waiting outside your house right now. So cute, no cute. <laughs> yeah, I do love this shot as we see the truck driver's hand on his steering wheel, and then a because uh, like as our as man is looking at him, and then like one of the window wipers just suddenly just comes into view in the foreground and disrupts the shot you know mm. they're like really nice like decisions like this that i don't think another director at the time would have done that spielberg's doing that's letting you know this person really understands how to mm-hmm. do cinema i liked it too when he was in the scene when he was inside and the shot through the washing machine did you see that yeah i love that it's good shot yeah i've met people who really hate that shot they don't understand it and i'm like it just just... puts you in the flavor of the room like it just makes you feel like you're watching and you're like i don't know it's just like it's more intimate it just kind of goes with the like the rear view mirror shot and then that and just like just different yeah they're very solitary shots like it makes you feel like you're on this journey alone with him if you're not on this journey at least you're like an active participant in it rather than just like oh like this god's eye view of it yeah no i agree completely which it, I think is part, and they're going to destroy that a little bit here. So we're going to have, um, yeah, we're going to see the truck's cowboy boots. That's the only thing we're going to see about this truck driver is hand the brown boots. Mm-hmm. That's it. Those That's it for the whole boots. movie, which I do think is quite impressive that they never like buckled into showing you what this person looks like. Yeah. And then we have it set up here where he's told that he needs a new radiator hose, but he thinks it's a con. So he's like, nah, I don't need a radiator hose. 
So you know he's going to have trouble with his radio. Of course, <laughs> yeah. And then he goes to use the telephone, and this is where they kind of fuck with it. So, because they he's ringing up his wife, we're going to get information which is bewildering, but also they're going to cut to his wife's <laughs> side, right. and I, I really feel we should <laughs> stay with him. That. Yeah, we'll get to. Yeah, but like. I feel like we should stay with him because we're with him for the whole film. I don't think yeah. we should cut to her side. Uh, but this was an extra shoot. Like This was added. Okay. So he's going to apologize for last night because apparently she says Steve Henderson, and by the way, says this in a very nonchalantly, almost amused fashion. Steve oh, Henderson man. practically tried to rape her at the party last night. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Oh, my God. And you- Come on, man. You should have said something. Why didn't you just say something? You couldn't have said something. She really said that. I for- Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't seem shook up. Like, she seems like, oh, yeah, well, he practically raped me. You could have. Like, she seems so candid about it. She it's was like, mad at him, happening? though, for not saying anything. Her revenge she movie's was. coming, guys. It's a 70s. What? Her rape, and re- her, re- her rape and revenge movie's coming. No, I'm uh, telling you, this true, era, there's true. a lot of rape going on in this era. It's just so weird how it's just like thrown so around weird. like this and then doesn't come back again other than, yeah, to show you he won't even stand up for his wife, basically. Like, he's yeah. just, this is a weak person. That's exactly what masculine. it is. So that's why the radio conversation was like that. That's why this is like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Is the, that, I mean, it's the impossible. The fight at the bar. They yeah, it. they're just, yeah. And he literally says to her, what, do you, I guess you wanted me to get into a fist fight with him. You know, like he's literally, you know. Yeah, he's not physical enough. He's not doing the things we expect of a man in this era. And this is where we get his name. He's Dave Mann, which is just ridiculous. And then he's going to head off on the road again. And the truck's going to come racing up at him, which he this time lets it overtake him. And then mm-hmm. it slows down, which is something that does happen a lot when you're doing these drives. Yeah. The fucking truck <laughs> just like rattles past you. Yes. And then just like gets in front and slows down. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah, why did you go stay in the truck lane? I get so mad. Me too. <laughs> My goodness. It's when they do it to other trucks. That's the thing I can't fucking <laughs> abide. When you see two trucks like next to each other, racing <laughs> each other. It's like, what are you doing? Like the, the furthest you're going to get is one truck ahead of that truck. That's it. You're both going the exact same fucking speed. Well, I guess you get bored. Whatever you could do. Yeah, so then he decides, look, he's going to be late. So this is the thing. She wants him back by 6.30. Where the fuck is this guy going? Because he's going to a meeting. And it's taking forever. It's so desolate where he's going to. So where where the hell is this meeting taking place? He's got a tie on. He's fucking, and the tie never comes off, which I really love with this movie. His tie's on to the last <laughs> shot. He never loosens it or goes, you know what? Let's to get rid. Of it. He keeps that on, which again I feel is like symbolism for like he's not giving up that side of what it is to be a man. It's like, well, I'm a businessman, you know. This is my American role. institutions and capitalism. Yeah, that's staying no matter what. Exactly, that is staying because I'm going to be going up against a blue collar worker in a truck, you know. So, like, we're presuming Jesus. with cowboy boots on. Like, that's honestly what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. This is a class-based commentary. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, where the fuck is he going? So then when I read the book, the book makes perfect sense. Which, why they didn't do it here, I don't know. But the book is, he is a salesman of some sort. They never really get into what. He is going for three nights to drive up to San Francisco. Oh, oh. that makes so much sense. That's not the road to San Francisco, though. Sure, sure. But for regular viewers, it's fine. It's like, you know, he's going in the rough direction. (laughs) Just not good roads. 
This one is he's supposed to be home for dinner with his mother. What? Which makes no sense. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. I see. Absolutely no sense. Because okay. uh, at some point, even after an hour of being delayed, you're like, fuck this. You would just turn around and go back. Whereas when he's meant yeah. to be gone for three nights, it makes a bit more sense. Because he's still like, well, look, I'll mess, miss my meetings today, but I'll do the ones tomorrow and the next day. He's like, I'll get to San Francisco eventually. You know, I don't know why they changed it. It's so strange. But anyway, so he tries to overtake because he's in a rush because yeah, he's got to be back by 6.30 for dinner with his mom. <laughs> yeah. And the truck swings out to block him. And this happens quite a few times. Yeah. Until eventually the truck driver waves him past into an oncoming car. And this is where we get a little flurry of music for the very first time. Mm. And again, this looks great. Like this first, like all of this car stuff, really, honestly, like it's shot really nicely. The scenery's great. Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. In the book, because they're talking about the same areas and we all, we all know them fairly well. But in the book, he's talking Santa about a lot Clarita. of green. Yeah, it's going up into that, into that Lancaster area. Which mm-hmm. is actually it's the closest desert desert to LA, so it's where a lot of shoots go. Like we went there to do some shooting as well, just because it's easy to get to. A lot of burnout mm-hmm. meth labs in that area as well. Oh yes. yeah, I yes. shot burnout apocalypse end of the world stuff in Lancaster. It's honestly seeing the fourteen like decisions they made to use that. I remember I had to drive up to Bishop by myself, and like. Mm. It really does, like, the isolation of, like, that four-hour drive. I did it at night, though, too, but there's nothing. Ooh. And I had to stop in, like, some weird gas stations to, like, use the bathroom. Like, middle of nowhere. Like, the 14, I would say, is probably one of, like, the more, like, desolate roads in L.A. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. I took, when we went to Joshua Tree, I also took the 14 to hit Joshua Tree. Oh, really? Like a good, yeah, it, was, it took me on the 14 for, like, a good long while before, like, turning mm. me, like, some sort of way. But it's really that I don't know. Also, duel happens in real time. I didn't realize like that's like the time passage of time is technically like real for him. At least at the first. 20, oh, is it the first yeah, twenty five minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, because when he gets in the bathroom and he was like, right before he got to the bathroom, I was like, wait a minute, God, how long has this been going on? And then I just paused it, and it was twenty minutes. I was like, oh my god. He's, I've been watching the same thing for 20 minutes. Were you struggling at 20 gets, minutes? And he gets in the bathroom. He's like, it's been 25 minutes. Same. That was me too. I was like, ooh. I was like, oh, oh no. Is this whole movie going to be the same thing? Interesting. Interesting. You really, you're struggling at 20 minutes into this. Cause I'm like, I'm having a great time for the first 20 minutes. Really? I'm totally into this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm totally into no, this. Like, I, really, I got bored wow okay then this isn't gonna go well for you (laughs) i was like oh fuck is this whole movie this i mean it yeah (laughs) it absolutely (laughs) is they throw in some things to spice it up and a very weird diner scene we're about to get to so he uses a side dirt road to cut in front of the truck gets very very pleased with himself and then he uh sees a seven more miles to chuck's cafe and then the truck suddenly comes barreling up behind him yet again so he pushes the car to 60 (laughs) which i love (laughs) i love these old Mm -hmm. cars it's like they can't like he's losing control at 60 miles an hour you know it's yeah. like fucking going all over the place <laughs> this is what it used to be like we take it for granted now that our cars can go I know. fast so i was thinking about my car in that situation i was like well, i wouldn't be that bad you know like same yeah oh yeah, yeah. our cars I mean, could go 100 miles per hour no problem they had pretty looking Weird. cars back then but a lot of them weren't built to go yeah. fast to be fair and then the truck physically nudges into the back of him which is the real first, I mean, that's the moment where you're like, okay, it's going to get 
mm-hmm. if there's physical contact, then you're properly mm-hmm. scared. It's not just playing around. And he pushes the car to over 80, if you can imagine such a thing. Crazy. Um, it's really weird there's no commentary from him because he's been talking a little bit in the car to himself. It's weird there's no commentary. When it goes to this level, and this is definitely a turning point, there's no like swearing or talking. It's like he's deadly quiet throughout this whole section. Mm-hmm. And then he hits 90, music comes flowering in for the first time. And it's a weird cacophony. Like they wanted to use like more percussion than actual music. They didn't want mm-hmm. it to be too melodic until later on when they just steal from Psycho with yeah. the strings. <laughs> and then he skids off the road and yeah, whacks into a fence by the cafe. And this is where we're going to get really the middle section of the film. We're going to get a big old big break here. That's an old, I like this old farmer guy comes over and he just keeps <laughs> touching him. <laughs> he was so nice. So. Yeah, but like why? He just keeps like holding his neck. <laughs> he just keeps like reaching in to touch him again. And again. To hold him together. It's compassionate, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. He should have stuck with that guy. I mean, come on. But Chuck's diner. <laughs> <laughs> this place apparently now is a fancy French, French restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, oh, do you it know is? it? I looked it up because I, I saw the location. I was like, why does this look so, so familiar? It's like, I feel like I've like seen it or eaten it before. But uh, no, it's a French restaurant in Santa Clarita still. Oh, yeah. We it looks familiar to, to me too. I thought it was off of like on the way to Death Valley, but I don't know. I guess not. So we're going to get here the very first time that Spielberg is going to do something that I've read. I haven't checked myself, but I've read that Spielberg has since done in every single one of his films which is that at some point he will follow a character in a single shot. And this is the first time he does it. So he's going to follow man as he walks into the cafe, through the cafe, back to the men's room, and then out of the men's room. So we are definitely all in real time here as we like go with him. However, this is literally, this film was made before the Steadicam was invented. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And you can tell. <laughs> This is just someone walking with him with a big 35 millimeter camera. I don't mind piece. that though. I it was it, it worked. Yeah. I liked I liked all the camera shots. I liked all the f- the, the bumpiness and the feel of it. Yeah, it's cool. it makes it more unhinged, which is how yeah. the character is at this point. If mm-hmm. if this was too smooth, I think you'd lose some of the energy. Mm-hmm. What I could lose, much like Spielberg wanted to, is the fucking VO. This is where it kicks in. Was, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, this does kick God. in. <laughs> He talks about like one little thing happens and suddenly all the ropes you've been hanging on to are cut loose and you're right back in the jungle again. Is that what he was saying? I don't know. I think I just just kind of, I don't know, lost myself at that moment. I was really (laughs) jarred. I was like, is there something wrong with my screen? Why aren't his lips moving? Because it was such a, (laughs) the voiceover just felt so, it felt so misplaced. Like I don't. Yeah. Oh man, it's I really wish he overly was just dramatic. And it's like, okay, I can just about deal with it when he's in the bathroom. But then he finishes the sentence and leaves. I'm like, cool, then leave it. But no, they bring the voice voiceover back in again when he's in the mm-hmm. cafe for this entire mm-hmm. scene. And the line about the jungles, I don't think this man's been to Vietnam. I feel like he's just saying like the old, you know, the jungle of we're back in where you know human beings came from, or where the ancestors came from, and where neanderthals came from kind of thing you know like we're all predators fighting each other i didn't even hear him talk about this i must have really you took it i I thought it was vietnam but i was just because you know it's like the era it's like the 1970s like oh we're back in the jungles again just to kind of like i don't know i just feel like that was kind of a throwaway line i just don't like the i don't like the voiceovers (laughs) i just don't believe that this man would have survived vietnam (laughs) that's how i felt too it just felt kind of 
to say. I think this is definitely, this is a christening for him. This is the first time he's ever had to really stand up for anything, is the journey he's on in this film. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's going to now notice the truck is parked outside the cafe, looks empty, so he thinks the driver must be in there with him. He's going to look around, uh, and we're going to get this long scene as he sees different people at the bar, different people oh, in the boots. They're brown One guy boots. <laughs> Everyone's got the fucking cowboy boots on. But there was that this- one, like, camera, like, pan of that, it was so, like, they did it so sexy like is that a word sexily yeah sexily Sex- to, yeah. to the jeans and up and so slowly <laughs> yep i mean honestly this is what i was saying to katie when i was watching this was like you take this film out of the context because we now know like the driver was not in that cafe yeah yeah so yeah. knowing that he just looks like he's cruising <laughs> like he's just sitting <laughs> yeah, there eyeing true. up everyone in that bar and then he goes Damn, up to no. them <laughs> it's really fucking funny oh i do gotta say though i did have to pause it at that moment because his cheese sandwich made me hungry and i i paused it (laughs) and i made myself a cheese sandwich (laughs) that's amazing and i'd expect nothing less from you christina (laughs) that cheese sandwich did not make me hungry when you ordered it it did but then when you see it you're like no i'm fine (laughs) i'm hungry talking about it though now the cheese sandwich not gonna lie i'm gonna make one not that it matters, but in the book he orders also on rye, but he orders a ham uh, sandwich, which is probably slightly too manly. So they degraded it to a cheese sandwich. D- only. <laughs> I don't like that he spells it out to the waitress. He's like, R-Y-E, rye. Yeah, why did he do that? <laughs> like, how else are you going to spell it? R-H-Y-E. But this is the thing that I kind of like about this movie is he's a bit of a dick. You know, he's like, oh yeah, he is a little bit, yeah, of course. He's a little bit of a dick. He's a little bit weaselly. Spoiled. He's not standing up for his mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. He's not like being, he's been okay to wait stuff, but not great. You know, he doesn't no. pay for this fucking food. He just runs no. out later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, knew, I noticed that book. too. Yeah, it really upset me in this. I was like, dude, you better go back and pay for that fucking food, man. <laughs> and he caused <laughs> no. a scene too. He ruined so many people's meals or beers. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so he believes, he focuses, like, because the camera focuses on one face, <laughs> basically he believes one guy is, is, is the guy who's, who's going out after him. This hilarious shot is he's peeking out between his fingers, like, but <laughs> hiding between his fingers. Yeah. This is the, I mean, for me, it sounds like you guys got it much earlier, but this is the scene for me. I was like, this is too long. This is way too long. It, it like... I like the setup. I like the idea of him in this bar wondering who is it. But this just goes on and on. And then he imagines walking up to the guy at the bar. We're like going into his own dreams about shit. (laughs) And it's not even powerful too. It's not even cool. He's like, excuse me, sir. Like It's so awkward. (laughs) It's so weird. And then the guy at the end of the bar who he thinks that it leaves and walks over to the truck. But nope, he drives off in a smaller truck hidden behind it. So then he just looks over and there's another guy with cowboy boots. He'll do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which again for the way they're looking at him he's just cruising this might have been like a quentin tarantino film with how many like these like really long sexy foot shots honestly <laughs> yeah this scene you could totally imagine this scene being redone by tarantino oh, oh yeah geez. the tension would be great so yeah he just suddenly decides you know what i'm just gonna stand up <laughs> and then he walks over to this guy as if again as if he's flirting or calming a horse because he walks backwards towards this guy, which is what you do with horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird. 
And then he just turns around and, and like, the first thing you would ask, tell me if you do it differently, but the first thing you'd be is like, is that your truck out there? You know, that you would... Yeah. yeah or you'd that. ask the waitress, like, do you know who owns yes, the truck? Yes, I thought about this the whole time. Or even just be like, hi, guys. Hey, who owns the truck? Let's squash this. Nope. <laughs> no. Instead, he's going to be like, I will call the police on you. <laughs> and then smacks his sandwich out of his hand. Those are Santa Clarita vibes if I've ever seen them, honestly. <laughs> you would not. This guy's huge. And the guy, to be fair, he's being pretty pretty patient with him up until the yeah, point he Yeah, he was being nice. Up. Like, what's wrong, dude? You, you okay? He, he deserves huh? to get beaten up here, I'll be honest. So he gets well done and then this little guy comes out who I'm presuming is Chuck. I'm presuming this is the Chuck of Chuck's Cafe mm-hmm. who uh, splits them all up. And then man sees that this guy is getting into the wrong truck again. So he is completely wrong. And then he turns around to look for another guy who can bother. <laughs> but the truck <laughs> then just revs and drives off. He was never in a cafe at all. So he runs out after it, not having paid for his food. And then just, yeah, basically it's like, oh, fuck it. So in the book, this is where he takes that break. You know, later he's going to pull off and go, I'm just going to like sleep for a bit. In mm-hmm. the book, this is where that happens. He's like, all right, I'm just going to let this truck get ahead. But in the book, he chills out for 11 minutes. <laughs> and 11 that's, minutes? That's enough time. <laughs> so specific. I would honestly just be like, I'm done. <laughs> I'd either be going home or I would, yeah, wait for like an hour. For a second, I was wondering if the truck was just like a figment of his imagination. Like there was a, a portion, I think around yes, this point when I was uh-huh. like, is this, is this real? I thought yeah. that too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Which is cool. It's cool. It's getting you asked those questions. But he returns to his car. He knocks over more of the fence on the way. Doesn't seem to give a shit for people's property. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for somebody it. to walk up to him and be like, hey, man, you're going to pay for that fence? Yeah. Yeah. That's my fence. And it was a nice fence. There's property destruction I really want to talk about, but like it's coming up and we're not there yet. But that was honestly my favorite scene of the movie. We'll, we'll talk when we get there. Okay. Are we talking right, we'll about... Are we talking about Lady <laughs> at Snakerama? <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry, we'll get I there. Move away from the she is a highlight of this movie. We will get there. Don't worry. Her Sorry, name is Lucille Benson. <laughs> of course you fucking know her name. I need to get it together. <laughs> Before we get to Lucille, we're going to get to a school bus of kids. That was such a wild scene down. too. <laughs> He asked, why didn't they flag down the truck that just came by? But they're like, oh, I didn't notice any truck. Um, so he's That's reluctant to help. when exactly, I thought, too, yeah. that oh, maybe there is no truck. Fight Still club meets cars. Maybe, yes, maybe he was in Vietnam and he had PT, he's got PTSD. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So they encourage him to try and push the bus out. But he's like, I'm going to get my bumper stuck. So of course he gets his bumper stuck as these fucking kids just jeer at him. <laughs> and like, oh, wait. And the kids were on the, on the, whatever, the car, the on the turnout. The car. Yeah. He's like, get off the car. You're going to dent it. You're going to dent it. I'm like, your car, you just fucking crashed it. Why do you even fucking get <laughs> Your car is ruined already, idiot. Yo, also. Trying to keep it together, Christina. Where are those kids going? Like, if that's a 14, they're driving out towards like middle of nowhere. Like, I want to know where's the bus driver taking these children? Where are the teachers? You know as well as I do. You drive out yeah, to all those desert know. places. You see these little clusters. Like, they would have their kids dropped off like everybody else. Uh, the kids do not look like that there, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we get a very dramatic shot as the truck reappears and stops, like, silhouetted in this nearby tunnel. 
which looks pretty cool. But for some just bewildering reason, for the up until right near the end, the man just refuses to tell the bus driver what's going on. It's like the first thing you would say. Yeah. Is what the fuck is happening. And instead he's just like, get all the kids back on the bus. Get them on the bus. And then the truck light starts coming. He's like, that truck's crazy. And the guy's like, you're crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, so they, stop they grabbing the kids, man. <laughs> kids, you're fine. Just don't go on the road. Don't listen to this psycho. <laughs> I love this bounce. He then like just jumps on the hood of his car. He's like, just bounce it loose. <laughs> Who gives yeah. a fuck? And he hightails out of there as the truck just turns around and just helps the school bus out. I was expecting something really bad to happen. Like at that really? moment, I was like, I, yeah, I was like, oh no, the truck's going to push the bus of school children like off the road or something. I mean, they're already <laughs> off the road, but like, like off a cliff. That's what, one of the things I like about this movie is that slow burn of like the truck is, the truck is playing it smart the whole time. Yeah. Like it plays it smart of how to drive this person insane. Because yeah. I don't get the impression at this point that the truck wants to kill him physically. I think it wants to drive him to kill himself. It lately, I think it likes doing murders yeah. where it's like his, his own reckless driving will kill him and That's he'll then get the yeah, license plate and move on. Um, so yeah, I love this moment where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to help the kids out. Mm-hmm. Which will infuriate man even more. <laughs> and yeah, so then he gets to a train crossing. We're getting a lot of unique scenes, but I will say they all do feel organic. Like these are all genuinely things that you could come across, you know, like on a drive like this, which I like. And they give us different mm-hmm. sort of flavors of stuff. And this is the first time we have where what I just said is going to change because the truck is literally going to start pushing him into this train <laughs> that's going right by him. Um, which is for me the most, like that for me is the most tense bit because I always get tense at those places anyway. And the mm-hmm. idea of a truck behind you is pushing you in. So like, what the fuck do you do? get out of of the car (laughs) yeah i guess so but then what are you gonna do he's just gonna push on the truck and then drive off you just Uh, gotta yeah you know he could have he could have he could have done a lot of different things i don't think he's quite at the point yet though to like give up on everything (laughs) he's still trying to like get to his meeting just live his life no okay see that's the thing At, at this point i'm like after chuck's like, did you turn around and go home, or are you trying to go to the meeting still? It wasn't clear. No, he's clear. definitely still going. He's definitely still going. No way. Yeah, absolutely. Are you, you see serious? him go down the same road. Yeah, he goes down the same road. Because that's how the truck, because the truck's like waiting ahead of him. And that's how he like comes across it again. That's I want to know what stupid. kind of meeting this is. Like, how important is this meeting? You're well, going to lift the semi-truck. He said that he was going to lose the account if he didn't go to this meeting. Ugh. <sighs> can't lose the account heaven he's a business he does have two kids you know damn but i think this is part of it it's like this is what he has to define himself as a man like he's not a man in all these other ways as everything Mm -hmm. around him in his environment is telling him what all he has is he's a businessman you got to make that money and bring it back to your family you know true so he's trying to do the only thing that he feels he can do yeah and then he panics when it passes he drives up onto a sandbank as the truck drives off Mm -hmm. and then we get some nice quiet time as he resets but eventually, of course, he catches up to the truck who just keeps waiting for him constantly. So he pulls off again at another gas stop. <laughs> this is where we get. <laughs> this is my favorite oh, part of the whole yes. movie. This is where we get. This to is Lucille <laughs> Benson. <laughs> so uh, let me let me just walk through the big top of the scene, and then Christina, maybe you can explain what the fuck is happening. <laughs> he goes. There's a phone here. And I've listened to podcasts where they're like, these places, what is this ridiculous Hollywood world? This doesn't exist. But like it exists. Places like that exist. Yeah, yes. it does. Yep. 
So this is a little tiny gas stop with a phone booth there and a very excited woman uh, who wants to fill up his hood. He actually asked her, and I do like this, he asked her to use, uh, to look at his radiator hoses. He does actually go, okay, I'm going to deal with this Uh problem. He's getting worried. Presumably she doesn't get a chance. And we get, uh, she says, like, you should check out all my snakes. And she's got fucking glass containers of snakes everywhere. And then a fucking really sad coyote that's just like tied up. That coyote looks scared. That was totally, if PETA was alive back then, they would be mad. Yeah, they'd be upset. That looked like that looked fucked up. That coyote, have I you, felt bad. Have you been to this place, Christina? <laughs> no, but it looks like it looks like I've been to this place. <laughs> I thought for the way you were talking about it, like you knew this woman or something, because you're like, yeah, that's Lucille. <laughs> yeah, because I liked her so there. much. She was my favorite part of the movie. That I looked her up. She's oh, dead Jesus. already. Sadly, no. she's been in a lot of things. A lot of things. Did she get killed by our snakes? <laughs> because uh, liver cancer. Oh. Okay. Yeah. This seems fucking insane. Because he goes to use the telephone booth. We're going to get... that. This is the most prominent one. There are quite a lot in the film. Partly because it was cropped differently for TV. But we're going to get a great shot of Spielberg here. As he shuts yeah. the phone booth and in the reflection you can just see a man standing a foot oh, away. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't I also didn't Spielberg. see that. He's going to ring up the operator, ask for the police. And I like this because like, okay, you're doing the sensible things. But then, mm-hmm. and this is the big turn because it's when the truck is going to turn <laughs> around. <laughs> and it's just going to run down the fucking phone booth. He's going to jump out just in time. And then it's going to keep going and running like three down times? all. Yeah. Like all of Lucille's boxes. <laughs> which by the way, I typed this wrong as I was watching the film and I've written down snacks go everywhere. <laughs> It's called Snakerama. Snackerama. <laughs> Snackerama. Snakes go everywhere. Tarantulas too. A big like yeah. lizard thing. One iguana that she chased. She's like, that's my only one. <laughs> that's like her concern. She's chasing this iguana, but this truck just like came and took out all of her snakes. Like, oh my gosh. Why did she have so It looks so like many? it really did. It doesn't look fake because these snakes are getting like thrown around. It's pretty horrible. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I was just kind of like... Did they just really take out That's what, like that I, many snakes? I was saying, PETA, I don't think, I don't think so, guys. And then it was so stupid where the man picks up like the cage and throws it at the truck. Like, what is that going to do? I know. Well, that's what I said. I said to Katie, it's like, yeah, you get one of those snakes and you throw it in through the open window of the truck. <laughs> like, Jeez. that's what you fucking yeah, do. Yeah, I guess. They're yeah. just throwing these, like these poor snakes. Yeah, She's that? fucking holding one that looks like a dragon. Like, it's insane. It's so Oh, big. that one was big. Yeah. <laughs> that was not cool. And the poor um, scared coyote. Jeez. Yeah. But I love this scene because this is like, there's a genuine shock. You've got into this sort of lull of like, all right, we're just going to keep being teased. And the truck driver is going to keep teasing him again and again. And I was like, fucking no. Just going to like run this shit down. Finally. Yeah. All right. I'm sensing you guys need more action in your movies. We're going to see if that happens <laughs> with the other movies we're going to no, watch. No, I don't need more action. Okay. I just right. need something else, maybe. Than- maybe something to some... I don't know. Something Something. <laughs> this is really interesting. I genuinely thought, I thought, I didn't know about Heaven at all, but with Christina, I genuinely was like, she's going to love this movie because it's like very 70s. It's in locations they, that she knows. 
it's like it's a slow sort of pot boiling horror it's not like too in your face or anything i There's, was off the mark well i'll save it for the end i'll save it for the end right okay. i'll save it for the end mm-hmm. i won't show all, right. all my cards right now and we're getting there we're getting to the end because it's even though Thank this God. movie look let's all be honest <laughs> it's too long like it is so yeah. long so long but it's only an hour and a half like this is a 19 minute movie but this should be an hour and 20 minute max this movie in my opinion i say hour 15 oh, yeah an just hour. Like, yeah but just even like 10 minutes cut out of this would make all the difference it should have been like a, a short movie. film yeah it should have been a short <laughs> 20 minutes 15 yeah again, i mean at 20 minutes scenes. we were like wait a minute <laughs> i don't know how the fuck you guys have problems after 20 minutes but fine <laughs> Uh, I mean, the first 10 minutes are just him driving out of LA. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're passing an embankment. He swings off the road. And this is where in the movie he decides, yeah, I'm going to let the truck slip by. And the VO pops back in to tell us that he's not budging for at least an hour. And he's hoping the police are going to turn up from that phone call he did. So he has a little doze. And then we get a kind of cool fake out as we think the truck is back, but it's actually a train that he's parked right next to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> goes and then his like laugh whenever something like he does something and he does that weird laugh did you notice that he i thought he was crying like two or three times (laughs) i can't tell he's laughing or crying (laughs) he's going back to the jungle christina (laughs) i want this man to go back home just give up the meeting go to dinner go help the lady with her snakes (laughs) no don't go back there (laughs) wrangle them so we get this amazing shot as he's driving and then we suddenly realize we're on a Mm -hmm. zoom lens and it pulls out and we see the truck in the foreground and he like swings he like screeches to a stop then in the distance as he sees that but it's all done in this one really cool pull shot which i love and then a station wagon comes by nearly goes straight (laughs) into him katie panics because she loves station wagons oh yeah and this is where i was like yeah why wouldn't you go back like where the fuck is this man in a tie going that he really thinks he can be back by 6 30 that by this point yeah no yes. yeah exactly like, i get it maybe back to la you're not gonna be back no. as soon as that truck goes through like drives through a fucking phone booth you're in you're like no nah, i'm turning around <laughs> i'm going back home yeah but instead he decides he's gonna race straight out of the truck this is where we're gonna get to i guess the titular duel because he's mm-hmm. like i'm just gonna fucking go at it but the truck's gonna fuck with him it's gonna basically like keep sort of like moving away but just far enough where he can't get to it mm-hmm. so he does a stupid thing which i'm screaming at the screen like don't if you're gonna walk to it you drive closer like you know it's gonna drive away from you but he parks like 100 yards away and then starts walking towards it so obviously the truck drives off but just a little bit further and then stops again so he stops the next car that's going by, which is this old man and lady who have no <laughs> compassion. Could not no, give a shit. No. We don't want no trouble, sir. We don't want no trouble. He's no, asking, no, I need just help. Go, call just the go. police. No, sorry, can't call the police. <laughs> we don't want no trouble. Just call the police. Can't even please. lie. Can't even be like, yeah, all right, we'll call the police and just like drive on. No decency. I was surprised, though, that the truck came back in like, try to run them over or something right yeah it like scares them off by backing into them and psycho strings start playing for the first time Mm -hmm. yeah it is weird when it's interacting with these other people but i think that's the whole point you're starting to see all right even the truck's getting frustrated normally by now it would have won 
And it's starting to kind of fray a little bit, starting to break maybe some of its rules. I am glad, like, it is, you know, I think I kept expecting, like, the kind of, like, standard slasher, like, gratuitous violence. But I am, I was really glad for, like, these moments where the worst thing that you thought was going to happen just doesn't. Like, seeing the truck be kind and, like, back off and do these things, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh. Like, it kept the suspense up higher. Like, it made me more unsure of how it was going to end for whatever reason. Yeah, it's very personal. Like, it, I mean, mm-hmm. that's why, again, I like the title of the movie being Duel. Like, it is just about these two people. And that makes it even more infuriating that no one else seems to notice or everyone else gets away. And there's a really great bit in the book with that, where, he, where you can, he's thinking about this car that just drives by both of them. And he's like, that car can just do that. Like, but for whatever reason, I'm now trapped in this purgatory, essentially. Mm. Whereas everyone else just gets to graze by it. So, yeah, he puts his glasses on, buckles his seatbelt. He's had enough. The truck starts waving him by, so he decides he's going to race by. Don't know what he thinks is going to happen differently this time. Yeah. Sure. And then he gets all excited because they're going to hit a grade. He's like, you can't beat me on the grade. (laughs) Yeah, that is what he said. Oh, God. (laughs) Mm -mm. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head. (laughs) He spies what he thinks is a police car, but it's actually a pest control. So he's just like, oh, fuck fuck that. I know. So bad. And then this bit's only... Okay, so in the book, they go through a bit of road where the road's closed. I don't see the point of it here at all because they go through this closed road section. Nothing looks closed about this. There's no work yeah. going on. There's no drama yeah. made from it. And then they just come out of it. So it's yeah. like, why do we... What's the point know. of that? <laughs> I don't know. They lost me at this point. They lost <laughs> us at the first 25 minutes, Christina. Yeah, they I'm so did. Upset. I'm so upset about it. It's this. true. <laughs> Damn. I really okay, so I really appreciate. I'm gonna have to stand up for this film more than if 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 this is the way it's swinging. I really love that this whole film's in daytime to get a horror film where it's like it's all in daytime, like the whole. Yes, I like that. I like that. It's really cool. Helps with budget as well because you don't Mm -hmm. need lights for your 35 millimeter. Cool. True. Yeah, they're gonna pass another train. This is the third time we're gonna get a train parallel. Oh. Uh, which is definitely on purpose we're gonna get this because they're gonna honk at each other as well and i think they are trying to like hammer home yeah this truck is like a freight train essentially it's like once it's on its rails it's just gonna fucking go and crash you know get through anything to get where it's going did you guys notice his mouth started bleeding yeah <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah i did when he did that turn he- or something and kind of like crashed and yeah Okay, so you and did that because I was like, he had a tissue. What's going like this? I had no idea why. I had no idea why. But in the book, yeah, they say like he does a turn that's so hard he like bites into his mouth basically. Yes. And oh, it was from a bite. I thought it was because so. like he hit his face. Against yeah, that's the what I. Or I also thought. I think from the book it was from like a bite. <laughs> but when I'm watching this, I was very oh, confused. I like blinked for a second. I was like, why is he bleeding? I don't <laughs> yeah, it's basically. Yeah, it was just in a blink basically and then the tissue the handkerchief or whatever to clean it like i mean he's about to die but he's like oop nope can't uh can't be bleeding on my new tie or anything like, has to, like- yeah the tie's still on and this is where his radiator hose fucks and unfortunately mm-hmm. they need to do the vo to confirm because as if we couldn't tell yeah so the car is conking out as he's climbing a hill like this tense moment as the truck is also like coming up the hill and then he crests it just in time and then he's trying to like start the car as he's using gravity down a windy road with a small cliff on one side genuinely again i've done a lot of these drives like that and that it makes me nervous <laughs> like the idea yeah. of like your your engine isn't on 
and you're just rattling down one of those roads it's like pfft. yeah and he does he he fucking loses control and goes straight into a wall yeah yeah, yeah. which i feel in those cars would kill you but yeah i thought okay. yeah he did a lot of things that i think he, he would that he should have been dead in already like the beginning where he crashes into like the fence i'm pretty sure this man would have died like with the way like the safety is on those cars and i mean like i don't know i, I don't know i think it would have died smacking a sandwich <laughs> out of a trucker's hand. <laughs> that's true that is that's absolutely true so he manages to get it running again just in time heads up the hill now he's driving by this huge big cliff we're in like a very different location suddenly but it's really beautiful huge desert mountains like yeah big old cliff we get this really cool fence like crane shot where we're like shooting through a, a hole in the fence as he's approaching and then like mm-hmm. the camera pulls out and like lifts up into the air it's like really cool and yeah we're not going to get vo here he's not going to explain his plan which is an interesting choice considering they've wanted to explain everything prior and he's going to wedge his briefcase which again symbolism surely <laughs> Like the middle class businessman using his briefcase as a means to kill this blue collar worker that's been pursuing him. Yeah. Which proposes the question is the truck driver actually the good guy then? Ooh. No, he's I mean, definitely a bad guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then he's going to race the car toward the truck. The truck just keeps powering into him. He jumps out flames like explode from his truck uh like like smoke is like billowing up and yep the truck doesn't see that it's driving towards a cliff top until it's too late and it like careens over and we're gonna get a single shot so they shot this with they could only do this once they mm-hmm. shot it from multiple angles but spielberg was really amazed that one of his his camera operators managed to track it the whole way down even when it was sort of buried in smoke so he just stays wow. on that one shot and it is really cool like it looks really it cool, I think. cool. Like you just mm-hmm. follow it there's no cutaways they use this big old like dinosaur roar sound effect as it dies i don't know if you heard that this is kind of like <laughs> it's apparently is a dinosaur roar sound effect from the land unknown <laughs> from 1957 he uses Stop. it again in jaws this is the same wow. noise you're going to hear in jaws really yep wow but did you notice that when the truck was going over, like over the cliff, the door was open? So this is going to be my question. All right. What I want to know from your interpretation, we're going to see this, this go over. We're going to see it crash a long way. I mean, in real life, you'd be dead for sure. Mm-hmm. It's funny how the truck honks as it goes over the cliff. It's like... <laughs> and then we're going to see blood dripping inside the truck, like one shot. Oh, that's dripping. right. There is some yeah. blood. Does that imply to you that he's dead? Does it imply he went over and got out? Or because that door's open, does it imply to you that the truck driver jumped out? I think it implies he's dead, honestly. At least I take it that way. The the door open, it just depends if that was on accident or on purpose. Yeah. Okay, but as someone who's watching the film. The door open, I was like, oh, he definitely got out. And we never see him. We don't see his dead body, so... But the blood after that was interesting because I was like, hmm, that makes you think he's dead. But this is a horror, not horror movie. And the villain always survives unless you bash his head in. So he's alive. <laughs> Got a double tap. He's alive. Well, okay. And heaven, you're, you're saying. Yeah, I took it as dead because I mean, it's like the horror, not horror movie. But I feel like it was so like 
it felt pretty cut and dry like you know like especially i don't know if we're talking about like the final shot of the film yet yeah you can't do yeah but like the final like hero shot it was so it felt more like man versus evil than like just pure like cut and dry horror of like oh he's going to be resurrected because like the bloodshot you know that is kind of like it was on it Mm -hmm. we were on it for a while too and i think the door especially knowing it was just a single shot i took it just as like oh you know sign at the times like that's not left on purpose like it just the truck fell so yeah what happened and there is a reason for this like for both of those elements the stunt driver who's driving the truck towards the cliff and then Mm -hmm. had to like get out there's a mechanism in the truck that was going to like keep it going up until you know and take it over the edge of the cliff the mechanism failed and the stunt driver knowing that he had this one chance to do this committed and decided i'm just going to keep it going and i'm going to jump out at the last split second so like a, like a frame before they cut to you would have seen that stunt driver jumping out and that's why the doors open is because he's just leapt out of the fucking truck now when they did test screenings obviously of this some people yeah were like oh well this means that the killer survived the killer got out somehow like who knows where he would be hiding because they're on a flat plane but whatever yeah. but a killer got out so spielberg when they did those reshoots was like all right let's add a shot of some blood inside the truck i would have added a shot of like we've seen his hand so let's just see his hand again or the cowboy boot or something with yeah some blood you, you know. need a body part mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. But the definite intention is for you to think, no, no, he did die. He was defeated by man in this film. Oh, but yeah, the open door does make it a little a little tricky. Interesting. Man, by the way, very excited. He's jumping up and down, mm-hmm. whooping around. Yeah, and then we get uh, this really nice shot as the truck's wheel stops spinning finally with man standing on a cliff top in the background. It's like a really cool shot. Like the mm-hmm. wheel's just like spinning in the foreground. The music cuts out. I really appreciate this. We just get start to get the wind of the desert. He stops crying, becomes all calm, sits down. We're going to get this beautiful sunset behind him. Yeah, as well, like it was a really beautiful shot. Yeah, And then, shot. yeah, the credits are just going to come in very chilled as he's just throwing rocks in the desert, sitting there with the sunset. Who knows how he's going to get anywhere because he's like, it's sunset <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> There's no I one know, around. I know, I know. He's fucked. He's fucked. But yeah, that's the end. That's that's the movie guys well done oh. <laughs> the, <laughs> i didn't expect it to go this way i'm really intrigued the last facts i've got in the book the killer was called keller which keller? Is, what oh i have keller written on the side of the van because it sounds like killer oh my goodness yep when they saw the ending of the movie abc who were the tv channel uh doing this they wanted to reshoot it as a big explosion but spielberg wanted to treat a truck as a monster and not a machine so he wanted to watch it die slowly and painfully mm, and the producer backed him up and they ended up winning that battle i think that's a good cool choice same i liked it yeah 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 after the European release, Spielberg started noticing that a lot of foreign critics were noticing abstract concepts in the film about class struggle and America and commentaries. And as we said, he said he just considers it to be what it is. Um, and he actually sees it just as high noon on wheels, essentially. So he didn't didn't intend any of that stuff, apparently. But I'm hmm. calling bullshit. <laughs> Other things. What else do we have? Gregory Peck and Dustin Hoffman were both considered for the lead before it became a TV movie because it was considered initially to be a regular movie. Ooh, Dustin Hoffman would have been cool. That that would have been really cool. Yeah, he's got a similar kind of like he's more lovable, I feel, but he does have a similar yeah, kind of quality. Yeah, I didn't anyway. like Dennis Weaver. Like I wasn't I like didn't I either. Yeah, I wasn't really rooting for him. Which is kind of yeah. whatever. 
Also that he was an asshole too. I mean, we'll get to it in a rap but I feel like that's kind of the point. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. Sometimes you still like them though. So yeah, well, yeah. I mean, okay. If you don't connect to him at all, like I, I could still be engaged, you know, with his journey, even if I don't love the character. He's not reprehensible to me. He's just like, this is a flawed, weird character who I wouldn't like in real life. But it doesn't mean I can't still, like, I can identify with his journey, probably just because I have, yeah, like you guys done those drives. And I yeah, I mean, I, I could, I, okay, okay, okay. I like, I, I mean, I, he did a good job. He did a good job. But he could have been more likable. Or maybe that's just the writing of the character. Sorry. I think like, we were just bored, so we just wanted to. Yeah, because you guys were not having a good time. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's just get. Actually, before we get to your final thoughts, someone, one of the facts on this movie is how many times he looks in the rearview mirror and how many times he looks over his shoulder in this mm. film, which are a lot. A lot. That's driving in general. You look in your rearview mirror. <laughs> that's true. Safety Every first, day. guys. I remember when I was doing driving lessons and getting that trick question where my driving instructor was like, how often do you look in your rearview mirror? And in my head, I was like, is there, there's there meant to be a, like, an, like a seconds amount? So I was like, I'm 20, every 20 seconds? So like, no, constantly. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, that is pretty constantly, though. I was like, well, yeah. But you don't ask, like, how often do you look in the rearview mirror? It's such a weird question. Do you think he looks in the rearview mirror more or does he look over his shoulder more in this movie? I didn't notice. <laughs> Kevin's really thinking about it. Uh, you know, I think he does both in equal parts, depending on where he needs to look. <laughs> Almost. I don't know. He looks over his shoulder 54 times in this film, and he looks wow. in his rearview mirror 65 times. Oh, <laughs> wow. my goodness. That's a Who's lot. Like that? Who watched this movie enough to count that? People really respect this movie. It's an important film, which apparently oh. you guys hate. Let's get into it. Heaven, you're our first like returning guest. Why don't you tell us how you feel about Jewel? You know, it was an enjoyable movie at moments, specifically. What's her name? Our lovely lady, who the lizard woman. Lucille Benson. Yeah. She's in it for like two minutes, guys. You can't yeah. hinge the whole movie on her. She should really have been in his, in his passenger seat. They should have, yeah. I agree. I also agree. Um, Is that code for something? I feel like the writing, I mean, you know, we had just touched on this a little bit, but the character, I just couldn't really be with him. I mean, you know, the moments you see him interacting with people, he's kind of rude. And like, I feel like if they made him, you know, a little bit more enjoyable, because, you know, when you're, I don't know, like maybe listening to music or something or like something that gave him more character than just being this device of what a man isn't he would have been more relatable this wasn't my favorite movie i really enjoyed that i recognized the places like especially like whenever i was like oh it's in santa clarita on the like i-14 like i was like oh awesome but for the most part i just kind of felt like this was like a really intense version of what happens on the 405 like every day (laughs) did you like it more than blair witch 2 book of shadows (laughs) Mm-mm. I loved Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. Scary, You're scary. You're an absolute monster. All right, Thank so you. what would you need? What do you need for this to be? Because obviously we're starting on a series of movies like this that this is the grandfather of. What do you need next week to enjoy more? It's a little bit more razzle-dazzle, maybe. <laughs> razzle-dazzle? Yeah. Look, this is the grandfather of this series that we're doing, and... 
things change with age and develop so i'm gonna keep an open mind i don't have any i really don't have any expectations for the next film i'm curious to see like the influence and see like where we go from here because i know you and i know that the films are going to get like more intense i feel like at some point i'm gonna be like scared or like see something or i don't know i just need something that wasn't dual honestly for the next the next one all right christina how do you feel about jewel (laughs) well i really liked the opening scene I thought it started great, and I loved all the locations. I really loved how it was shot. I loved the era. I loved all the characters in it. Visually, I thought it was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I liked the simplicity of it. I was like, I want to make a movie like this. But I did get really bored really quickly. And that's it, basically. I just got bored. I was like, oh, no. It's kind of like the same thing again and again and again. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, no. It's a car chase. I hate car chases. Oh, no. It's just this one man in the car. Oh, God. And this, you know, so there's there's many things that I really, really appreciate of this about this movie. But I just got bored really quickly. But I feel like this movie will follow me for the rest of my life during all my road trips. I feel like I will be referring to Duel every time I'm on a road trip. And especially because I actually do take, I actually, we go to Lancaster, we go up to Bishop, Mm -hmm. we go, we go, we've been to Vasquez Rocks a few times, which is just right there. Like we've been to all those spots and we always go down that way. So I feel like I will be remembering this movie forever so that's like kind of huge you know so it did impact me and it i feel like it, it's gonna be a really great movie for me to reference from the rest <laughs> of my life so thank you i'm a little <laughs> bit you know smarter now same thanks al <laughs> thanks so al. an experience okay so it's like an experience you're like you're glad you had it but you're bored yes. in the moment to moment of having it basically. and i never want like to watch it again to it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting that i'm getting that guys so, Christina, what do you need then? What do you need next week in okay. order to enjoy more? Because I'm going to, I'm not, I look, I hate, I know you're saying you hate car chases. I do too. We're going to get more. That's what this series is about, is road pursuit slashes. So, like, how can we spice it up? To but I do like on the road. Like, I loved the scenery. Mm-hmm. I love the car aspect. I guess I just want more, like, snake aromas. Yeah, same. Me too. You know, just more fun stuff. Happening. Yeah, a couple more fun stuff. A couple, maybe like one more character that's just a little bit more interesting. Somebody that you want to follow a little mm-hmm. bit more. Somebody that you could kind of like see yourself as a little bit more and just get a little bit more invested into the journey. But yeah, I don't think it was a bad movie at all. It mm-hmm. was just you just got just a little dull. boring. That's it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, within twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, well, I'm the one to stand up more. I mean, I hear everything you guys are saying. I get it. I get how this can be boring for sure. Again, I've seen this movie, you know, throughout my life. So this is something where I saw it first when I was a teenager a long time ago. And I do, I'm not going to say I love it, but I have a real, like, I do love it, but from this affectionate place. You know, I can mm-hmm. see all of the stuff that Spielberg will go on to do that's here. Like, the flair from the visuals, I think, is wonderful. Even as yeah. old as it is, as janky as it is, I prefer this stuff still. 
over the high adrenaline professionalism of Fast and Furious chases mm-hmm. because they, oh. they're too slick and they go in and out of CGI engines and all this shit. And it's like, I just love getting to see we're in real location with real stunt drivers doing this stuff and it looks great for I the most part. I definitely agree with that 100%. The style okay. of this film is like, is totally up my alley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just that flavor I love. Like, I love the 70s flavor. So I really mm-hmm. enjoy that and the authenticity. I like the scenery a lot. I love that it's set in daytime. Mm-hmm. The lead character absolutely could be more sympathetic. I kind of like that he's a bit of a dick in that it just makes it more interesting. Not that I enjoy him being a dick at all, but it's just a bit more interesting. Mm. This film is way too long, way too long. Like, I mean, and again, not way, but it's in like just 10 to 15 minutes is a lot in a film like this. Yeah. I think Spielberg should have won all of his battles. They, we shouldn't have cut to the, his wife. We shouldn't have the VO. Like, all of that stuff should go. It should be a silent movie. We should cut down definitely the cafe scene and a bunch of the stuff afterwards in the third act. It's like, we don't need to see as many repetitions of some of the stuff. Even the stuff with the old couple could go. Like, we don't need it. And, yeah, I mean, I do... I love that we never see the trucker. Like, I love I love the commentary in this, whether it's accidental or not. Who, uh, Whatever. But I love that it does seem very clear two on the nose really that is talking about things from 1971 which is interesting window to kind of peer through now and it's just the flavor to it like it's just the flavor it's like for me these are like these are the midnight movies i really enjoy it's like this is the midnight film i want to see where it's just like sure like you could imagine falling asleep to it or you can imagine changing channel and you're just like what is this weird movie and it's just silent yeah. for 10 minutes with two people chasing each other or something this would be a really great movie to play at you know like sometimes you go to like restaurants or bars and they play like a movie projected with no sound this would be a really great one yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah there's just a the flavor to it that i really appreciate and i really do enjoy again it's not one of my absolute favorites but it's a film that's very important and yeah I just appreciate it a lot. And I do think, honestly, people should check out the novella or whatever you want to call it. It's only 22 pages and it's genuinely really well written. Like Richard Matheson's a great writer. I mean, it's almost beat for beat what's going on here, but it is, it makes a bit more sense and you get inside his head in a more effective way. Mm. I've never heard you say novella. I've never heard you (laughs) say flavor before. That's a good way of putting it. Flavor, you know. Well, there's some films leave a taste in your mouth, and Jules always left a taste in my mouth, and it doesn't mean I, yeah, enjoy all of it. No, but it does. It's just like a certain, like you know, it takes me to a very particular flavor too. Same. (laughs) I like flavors. I like flavors. All right, so that's Joel. That's the first one. Now, normally when we do a series, you start off with the best, and then you know, like, oh, if you didn't like that, you're in trouble because you're going to be going through sequel after sequel. Is this the best one? Well, no, but we're not doing that. We've shoved Jewel in because we were doing Hitcher and Joyride. And I was like, well, we can't talk about those films without having seen Jewel first. Okay. You have to see where all these ideas came from. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping then that you guys are going to enjoy the subsequent films more. I've got a weird feeling heaven's going to like the worst films the most. <laughs> the trashier ones we're going to get to in the recent history. Can't One wait. of them was made in 2014, heaven. So, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm going to love it. <laughs> next week though we're going to be talking about hitcher i'm going to give that a little tease in a second but before i do please do again go out to weird geeks subscribe and rate us it helps us out a whole damn bunch and you can follow me on all the social medias i missed out white um as we go through this covid world i'm using twitter to batter people over the head with facts so i'm losing followers every single day because people don't want to be told stuff and I apologize, but I don't give a fuck. And I'm using Instagram to try and post peaceful images and videos from the beach mm, each day. You are. And do a little less political mm-hmm. stuff. 
And I'm doing a couple of projects there, which I don't, if you listen to it the week that this podcast goes up, then they're probably still running. So feel free to DM me on Instagram. And we're going to be on Xbox playing uh, Apex and Friday and Red Dead, also as Mr. Al White. And I'm also on Animal Crossing. So if you want to come hang out on my island. What is then, uh, Animal Crossing? That's what everybody's doing right now. What is it? Virtual world or something? She wants to talk. It's like Sims, but it's cuter and you could do more active like activities and it's like you can't in Sims you could drown your Sims but Animal Crossing like you should just make a painting instead. Yeah. You design your clothes, you have a little island, you can like build Museum. your island how you want. You can create little tents and houses, make friends, like plant stuff, grow things, have a little farm. It's great. It just came out, the new version of it, and everyone's gone crazy for it. And really? everyone's given out their friend codes to like go from island to island. Well this is a <laughs> uh, good time for that, I guess. You should buy stock and friends. <laughs> yes yeah true. or animals or whatever that is called <laughs> animal crossing uh heaven where could people get in touch with you i'm on twitter just under heaven devera i'm also on the instagram heaven dot devera dot not as in like dot like spell out the word dot but like as in period punctuation not heaven period devera yeah not he- heaven period devera but not spelled yeah. out period just the punctuation i'm friends with al if you find me on al you know go through the mutuals do that whole thing but usually if you find me on al yeah on, find me on on his sure. through his instagram i'll be there yeah guys follow christina what can people bother you i am on twitter i'm not that active sometimes i go and read stuff on there but not often but i'm on twitter i think it's like at <laughs> underscore hi christina and my instagram's the same at at underscore hi christina that's me guys that is you what have you posted recently you been posting anything i haven't been posting a lot because i just don't know what to post during this time mm-hmm. what do you i post? don't know uh, i don't know I, I just haven't thought about it that much yet but i'll do something soon guys <laughs> It's all right. You don't need to. It's take, fine. take your time. You do what you need to do. Next week, guys, we're talking about the Hitcher. We're going to race all the way from 1971 to 1986, which I'll tell you what, is a year for horror. A lot happened that year. I don't like to, you know, give too much away with stuff. I am going to say right now, I fucking love the Hitcher. It's, it's in my top three favorite midnight movies of all time. I do think if people are going to watch this before next week to, to you know, watch along with us, please watch it late please make sure it's dark outside watch it when it's as late as possible i okay i'm gonna tell you you're gonna still get one person in a car but you're gonna definitely get to know your killer in the hitcher for sure there's gonna be no hiding behind glass you're gonna get to see the killer way up front and learn a whole bunch about them but there are gonna be a lot of similarities to jewel so we'll see if you guys prefer the way it's handled in the hitcher because it definitely steals quite a bit from Jill. There's a slight look of panic in both of their faces. <laughs> but until next week, we are going to be doing another, we're going to do like an old school show episode that myself and Alex are going to be hosting, possibly with somebody else joining in as well. And we're just going to be chatting over what movies we're watching, what games we're playing, and a little bit about some of our thoughts about the future of the entertainment industry after COVID uh, is hopefully passed by, what it means to cinema chains. You know, we're going to get a little bit serious and a little bit goofy do a bit of both so please do tune in for that and yeah next friday for the hitcher
I am very, I'm genuinely really excited. This is like out of all the franchises we're doing, there's like a handful of films every now and then that you're excited to cover. If you guys fucking hate next week, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of this series. Oh, man. You picked high us. I, yeah, I did. I did. Kind of. Well, to be fair, Heaven thought she was doing Candyman. So. I did. I did think I was doing Candyman, actually. <laughs> nope. This is the train you're on. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me. We're out until next Friday. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.